Hello and welcome to another edition of the Great Initiative Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Christian, and I'm my co-host, Chris Green, back to bring you more news and information about the world of basketball, pop culture, and everything in between. Chris, welcome to the final preview of the show's Work Initiative Podcast. Yeah, Jay, how are you? My my heart rate is now back to normal after some exciting Game 7s, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, OTGbasketball.com is where you find our, our family of networks, pods, uh, content on NBA basketball. Um, you can find me at jchris206 uh, on Twitter. And Chris, remind the people of the Twitter handle yet again. It's going to be Gotham underscore city 2355. Okay, so let's hop right into it. We have the final set. Um, again, we have Cavs Warriors part four. Yes, round four. <laughs> uh, if there were ever, uh, you know, an infinity war, this would be it. Uh, <laughs> we had a lot of uh, imaginations of what the finals could be. There were some clips and some previews that other radio stations were playing um, where people were predicting, you know, the Warriors, or not the Warriors, rather, the 76ers, or maybe Toronto, or maybe it was Boston's year. But, Chris, we sort of ended up back where we started Warriors and Cavs Part 4. Right, and it sort of would be like Infinity War, if let's say Thanos had basically beaten everybody up, and then here comes uh, I'm going to say Black Widow to enter <laughs> to fight Thanos. This is what it feels like. Um, right. it, it's so it's so lopsided. It's 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 almost hard to believe that LeBron's you know he's not zero and three versus these Warriors. He's one and two. He actually got a win mm-hmm. in 2015. So it's hard to actually remember that, but it everything just feels so lopsided with. I would say the single glimmer of hope being if Iguodala can't play. Sure. Um, he, you know, everyone was kind of minimizing him being gone in the Rocket series. And, you know, Warriors have four Hall of Famers. And, you know, why would Iguodala mean that much? But he was a finals MVP, debatably. And uh, that's a big deal if he's your sixth man off the bench. I thought Kerr did a pretty good job. Uh, on the fly, having to rotate players that really didn't get much playing time in the playoffs and unless there was a blowout. Um, kind of on the fly making that adjustment. Iguodala guards LeBron as well as, you know, put Kawhi up there maybe better. Um, all due respect to Marcus Morris. You know, he doesn't um, fit in that narrative to me. But um, yeah. if Iguodala doesn't, doesn't run, um, maybe I give the Warriors in five. But, I mean, it's it's still not close. Yeah, and I think that's sort of the outlook on this finals preview. Um, although I think there are some intriguing storylines that could come out of this uh, matchup between the, the, the Cavs and the, and the Warriors. I keep wanting to say Rockets. I just my, On the tip of my tongue, I want to say Rockets. Oh, I know it. So disappointing. The ball was moving. It was not sticking. Harden was decisive in his moves. Uh, getting Capella, Capella involved early. Uh, P.J. Tucker was just the workhorse that the Rockets fans have come to expect from him this season. Second half, everyone was just waiting on the third quarter. I think I even tweeted that this is what the series will come down to is this third quarter here. Could the Rockets stem the tide? Could they sustain that punch, that blow from the Warriors and make it to the fourth quarter either up or at the very least tied? Uh, unfortunately, that did not happen. The Warriors um, proceeded to uh, have an avalanche of points in the third quarter, as they are accustomed to do, led by Steph Curry. Uh, on the other side of the court, the Houston Rockets went as cold as I've ever seen a basketball team on any level go. Uh, your thoughts on Game 7 last night from the Western Conference Finals? Well, it, it's clear to me that Steph Curry loves the third quarter. It was, was that the fourth game that we've seen this series where he had to lose 15 points in the third quarter? Yep. And it didn't help that Durant decided to step up and also you know, match him uh, in that quarter, point for point almost. Um, or at least second half he matched him. Um you know, you, you're up 15 at one point in the second, midway through. Uh, Warriors start to make a, a comeback, and they get it to single digits. I believe they got to seven, and then um, Rockets made that bucket at the end of the half. Uh, they got it to 11 at halftime, and it really kind of felt because of that layup at the end over Durant uh, as the buzzer went off at halftime that, that, that definitely momentum, and you, you almost hated that it was halftime because if that had been – middle of the third you really felt like the Rockets could just continue going and it was almost like that 20 minute 30 minute break that they have that everything kind of relaxed and uh, whatever Kerr said in the locker room uh, and whatever he continues to say in the locker room to allow the Warriors to come out in third quarters it just happened once again and 
you, it almost I was demoralized watching it because you just saw a Durant three and then uh, Nick Young hits a three of all people. And then all of a sudden Steph hits his three and it, it really was demoralizing. Right. And I think that's the right word for it. I think and it's two points I never really considered, but I, you know, you come out and I think the Rockets had played so well. This, that was a moment where, you know, starting the second half, I thought Chris Paul would have been helpful to the Houston Rockets. Yes. Because like I, say, I think you come out, you're in front of the home crowd, everyone's jacked up, there's dunks, threes are falling, we're getting blocked. Yeah, because how many times did they run that pick and roll at the top and it was lobbed to Capella? I mean, it was money right. every single play. And I really feel like you're, I mean, CP3 would have calmed that down. And even, right. even when the Warriors get up, you know, six, let's just say when they went up 69, 63, I think, uh, CP3 would have slowed it down and wouldn't just immediately have come down and jacked up threes. And I, I really think that um, that was certainly the difference. That's where I said they were missing. Uh, you know, I actually hopped on the uh, outlet pod to do the uh, recap of the conference game six and game seven uh, with Nick. And that's the point I made. That Those moments when there's three minutes, four minutes left in the third quarter is when you needed Chris Paul, a, a veteran, right. a leader to steady the ship and say, look, James Harden hadn't gotten a good touch in a while. Whoever Reza is struggling, let me see if I can get him in a comfort comfort zone in the spot where he can nail a shot, get Capella a lob to get him back involved in the game. That's where you miss him because to your point with halftime, I think you play over your heads a little bit, even if you've won 65 games, you're right. on the cusp of dethroning the champs, right? And you can't help but think about that. Yeah, um, and they looked visibly – I mean, Draymond was yelling at his teammates per usual, uh, but it, there was some worry on Kerr's face, it looked like, in the second especially. And you saw that interview he had at the end of the first where he basically cut uh, D.A. off and was like, yeah, I'm just going to answer this one question and, and walk off. So he was no, pissed. Right. I think he did that. Like, I'd rather just be curt and walk off than get a fine. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, in those moments, I think you were, are you a proponent of the refs missed a bunch of calls? So last night or in game seven, I didn't, I didn't think it was as bad, but still they're crucial moments when you're trying to string together opportunities to beat the Warriors. I mean, the, the um, James Harden, Three and one that didn't get calls in and one was huge to me. I think that swung it, you know. Yeah, how did they miss that? The the ref was right by him. I mean, it was as clear of, yeah, that was, there were at least three three three-point attempts by Harden that I thought could have gotten a foul call. Right. And Uh, and then the way he shoots free throws, that's good for at least, uh, never mind the end one, but if he just gets nine free throws off three attempts, uh, he's going to get eight points out of it. Right. And so I don't think it was as bad, but I think they're just crucial moments in right. the game. And like I say, you don't you don't have to pitch the perfect game against the Warriors, but you gotta. It's like Moneyball, right? You gotta string runs together. You gotta stay alive through the seven innings and see right. what you can do at the end of the game. And I just think those those calls were, you know, backbreakers when you add them up with the one for twenty seven from three. Um, it'll and then flip it on the other side. You come back to defense man, and Steph Curry is like say running rough shot in the third quarter. Those things start to add up. And like say, you get a demoralized team that however you try to fight it, I mean, it's human nature. And you look up and you're like, damn it, here we go again, right? Well, yeah, and you get into the fourth quarter and you're tired anyway just from D'Antoni's lineup where he's only playing seven or eight players and that gets diminished when CP3's injured. Um, You're tired going into the fourth probably. Ariza was as tired a player as LeBron is in some of those games. I mean, he just looked gassed. And very few times will you see him go over 12 from the floor, over 10 from three. Um, I was going to ask you, who do you think woke up more upset this morning? Would it be Harden? Would it be Ariza? Or would it be Daryl Morey? Ooh, um, that's interesting. I think I would say, oh, man, more upset. Because Harden's going to get the blame, but Ariza certainly knows his factor. And Morey's been saying all year that they focus solely on building the team for the Warriors. Sure. So, yeah, I wonder who kind of wakes up. They're all sick this morning, I'm sure, but who do you think feels it the most? <laughs> you know what? I think uh, an answer that most people aren't going to necessarily uh, – I think I think the easy answer are the players, but I'm going to go front office and Daryl Morey. Yeah. For the fact that Morey is responsible – he was responsible for the Jeremy Lin contract, the poison pill contract. He was responsible yep. for the Ryan Anderson contract. The Ryan Anderson contract right now is an albatross. Yeah. of the next of the Rockets in the, in the front office. Um, one of the things that are happening, I think that's happening with 
uh, Morey trying to target another superstar is no one wants that Ryan Anderson money, right? Right, yeah. Uh, so I think hindsight being twenty twenty, he looks back and says, damn, you know, how we were trying to play and how we needed Dwight Howard back when we signed him and having the stretch four like Ryan Anderson. It all made sense three seasons ago, right? You can't beat yourself over, up over that. But at the same time, you can't help but wonder, okay, this deal was in place or this move was here. We were going to make this transaction. But, you know, no one wanted Ryan Anderson's contract. So I would say more because I think he had to know that he had those guys, had them dead to rights because he obviously bet right, bet correctly with signing Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul goes down and we'll never know one of those eternal questions, but he, well, I if Mari looks at it, like, you know, CP three gets hurt and that, I mean, we're up three, two when he gets hurt, if that's what happened or, you know, if he feels comfortable enough that CP three not getting hurt is the way that they do actually end up winning game six or seven. Does he feel like any responsibility past those contracts? Like I really have to make some tweaks this off season. Because if he's confident in CP3 just not getting hurt, then he really does feel like his team is okay enough to move forward without much tweaks. I think that brought a lot of things to the forefront to him, to Daryl Morey this morning in, in several ways. One, uh, Chris Paul, you know, call it bad luck, but there is a string of history with Chris Paul being hurt, especially late in the season, especially in the playoffs. Right. I think D'Antoni's short rotation revealed that Look, man, we need someone to come in. You know, Ryan Anderson was stealing minutes last night. Minutes I thought could have gone to Gerald Green or even Joe Johnson. I thought Joe Johnson was game last night to give you 10 to yep. 12 minutes, you know, bucket yep. here, bucket there. You know, he's a veteran. I think he could have handled it, but he needed time to sort of find a rhythm in the game, and he didn't have that. And then Ryan Anderson comes out, and I thought, you know, laid a egg, didn't even shoot the ball. One thing you'll say, contrasting it with the Eastern Conference, for instance, you know, Kyle Korver may be, you know, overmatched sometimes defensively, but he's at least going to give you some buckets. You at least got to guard him on the other end. Yeah, um, there is no pump faking and passing with Corver. He, he's out there <laughs> to shoot and realizes it for sure. Uh, so, so I think today more is realizing that. Look, um, one, I, I'm hoping he's thinking that he didn't want to sink two hundred million dollars into Chris Paul. Uh, two, I think he realizes that we need, if this happens again, we need viable, probably veterans on the bench that, that can come in and step in. Because I think if you have, to your point, if you say we're up 3-2 and Chris Paul goes down, but you have guys that can backfill um, and, and you don't sort of mess up your rotations with Eric Gordon sort of starting and then the the bench mob sort of getting out of, out of, out of whack, then I think you say, well, maybe we can stem the tide with a veteran here, a veteran there. This guy's good for 15. This guy's good. Well, for- if you felt like, though, that the Rockets had the potential on the bench, is it more of a case of, okay, let's add veterans that can step into that role, or is it more on D'Antoni for just choosing to play his system the way he plays it? Because if I, you thought that maybe you do have the horses for that, then maybe it's more on D'Antoni. I, yeah, but I say you got to dance with who brung you, right? I mean, D'Antoni's D'Antoni, and I think he's yeah, that's true. He's kind of found his stride. Uh, I think you know he's going he's gonna to shorten the bench even more so than most coaches in the playoffs. Um, he has a short rotation anyway, right? So I think you just got to go with this. This is who you got, D'Antoni's. So is he? Was he out coached then with Kerr making the adjustment with no Iguodala? I mean, I mean, I know CP3 and Iguodala aren't comparable, but as far as rotation goes, was D'Antoni out coached just on the fly so, making in series adjustments? I think those guys are just gassed. I, I just think like Trevor Reese was tired last night. That's got to be on D'Antoni then. I mean, how do you if you have rotational players that can at least. I mean, even even towards let's just say the fourth quarter where the uh, the Warriors kept scoring, so they kept having it around eight to nine, and he leaves Capella in the game for him to shoot six free throw attempts when they do the hack of Capella. I mean, you pull him immediately, especially if you're in, especially if you're just shooting threes at that moment because they stopped the pick and roll scenario uh, with Capella. Really, they abandoned it after the second quarter. Now that was so the- he's in the game. I, I don't I don't know why he was in the game at that point. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, I guess I'm just, I, I hesitated because I am, I don't know where I am with Steve Kerr as a coach. I okay, think, I, I think that NBA coaches by and large are coaching personalities, right? Like, right. I think Steve Kerr and other coaches have demonstrated that the players can pretty much do this thing, right? <laughs> with, with little or no super. Yeah, they, they've shown some behind the curtain kind of Kerr's talks in the locker room and then that kind of Jordan story that Kerr gave uh, Durant on the court. I guess it was in the middle of game five, maybe. 
right. uh, when he was shooting poorly. And I mean, it's just like anybody can tell those stories. He's not <laughs> right. He's he's not right. Zen master in it right there with those stories. Right. So I so I, I'm careful. I'm careful though because I don't want to say like, oh well, he's got really great players because every coach, right. is all fame coach, has great players. Right. Like, that's everybody, right? Um. So I so I guess I paused on that about being out coached because I don't. I mean, not a knock on Steve Kerr per se, but. I don't know if he out coaches air quotes anybody. I think he just puts in Draymond and Steph and Clay, and then yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that's oversimplifying it though, because that's pretty much the. I mean, say for Durant, that's more or less the roster that Mark Jackson has with different. True. Results. I mean, and also looking at Dan Tony, he obviously had success in Phoenix when you have a dominant point guard, and and I, most people would agree that James Harden is better than Steve Nash. So you keep giving him better players, and it seems as if he's a better coach. But maybe you're right. It maybe just be player driven. And it yeah. is what it is. You, good system, and everyone shoots threes. The NBA shoots better now, fundamentally, than at any era. Uh, everyone's just better shooters now. So, yeah, you put good shooters around everybody, and maybe you do look like a brilliant coach. So then what um, – it sounds like you were kind of alluding to this, too. So then are, are, what are the tweaks you would make, or do you think the Rockets need to make to come back to be in this position next year? Well, see, CP3 is the big thing to me because, like you said, do you want to – It's He's looking for $200 million, uh, CBA, et cetera. So is that something you do? But on the other hand, let's say you don't do it. What do you do then? Uh, Especially if next year you get a scenario where you are back. Um, You know, we we always discuss legacies, uh, especially when it comes to LeBron, um, especially when he plays a game that's not, you know, where he underperforms, quote unquote. Uh, Is CP3's legacy kind of just – Hey, he's an injury guy, and I mean, I, I think it's the last three out of four years he's kind of gone injured in the playoffs or at the end of the season to cause him to miss the playoffs. Is, is that where he's at? Because then, if you for sure have that opinion, you can't give him two hundred million. And it's interesting, right? And I think it's there. I think there are two kind of injury guys in sports. I think there's the guy who can't really stay on the field, and then there's the guy that had his career robbed. Like I think, I think right. Greg Hill, Penny Hardaway, Bill Walton are in one category, and then I think like a Vince Carter is another category, right? Like, right, uh, right. like Barkley used to call him half man, half a season. Right. <laughs> uh, so what do they say? Uh, ability, uh, availability is the best ability. Right. Yeah. So, I, so I don't think. Here's the thing, and I was thinking about this. I think most teams, and I think I, I tweeted this. One, one thing that other teams are going to have to decide is. When you have a team like the Warriors, and we'll see how this shakes out when some real money is thrown at Clay or Draymond, but if they're taking these discounts, you can't have a guy on your team saying, and this even to LeBron James, if you really want to beat these guys, you can't have a collection of stars or one superstar saying, I will never take anything less than the max ever again. Certainly in LeBron's right, I mean, even if that was the case, if he's the highest, play, highest paid player in the league, um, he's still underpaid. Right for what he does. Yeah, and he went what ten, uh, eight, nine years without even being the highest paid player on his team. Uh, exactly. Yeah, he wasn't taking max deals for the longest of times. But all that being said, and, and I get that, and I think that's totally fair on his part. On his part, uh, but at the same time, it's like, look, man, if you're going to play against the Warriors, if you're going to beat the Warriors, you're going to need some help. I think what is obvious right. the Warriors make right. so many mistakes, but they cover those blemishes so well, or not even well, they just cover them because. They're so good, right? Well, think about it. Iguodala's are six man. Iguodala was a problem early in his career. Like he was good for Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Livingston had a promising career before that injury, but he is still good. Uh, one of the better post players for a guard slash forward that's in the league. Period. Uh, Livingston is. Uh, I don't know about McCaw necessarily uh, or how his future is going to be, but I've always kind of had the opinion that LeBron or we'll just stick with LeBron. LeBron could go to Nike and say look, I'm going to go sign with so-and-so's team, and I'm going to take a million dollars. I'm going to take the veteran minimum. Let's make up that money on the back end because now I'm going to start winning championships. So Nike, give me money that the NBA is not giving me. And I don't know how legal it is to have that conversation, but why would not a player that could literally right. drive the market that way, like a LeBron or KD or whoever, play for a million bucks and just go get the money and endorsements elsewhere? Hey, I mean, it's hard. it's easy for me to say, I mean, but uh, they'd be turning down – Thirty million dollars a year, but um, LeBron's made so much money. How could he not back end it? That's an interesting point, and I don't even know how 
legal that is. I'll, I'll, although I would say, as a president of the union, I doubt that LeBron. I think LeBron James knows he can't, as who he is, take that. Oh control. yeah, they would argue that forever. The yeah, yeah, the players' union would be pissed if that happened. Right, but I mean, but I do think you know. So this gets all back to your question about Chris Paul. Uh, I don't know if they can. Uh, you can't. It, you can't offer him two hundred million dollars. I don't think. And, and can you let him walk though? I mean, let's say he didn't get on the team and you still had Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is at this point probably a better defender than Chris Paul, but because he brings more to the table than Patrick Beverly does, where does Patrick Beverly get you if he's on the team? Do y'all make the Western Conference Finals? I say no. I don't think so. Yeah. So, but is it worth? I mean, obviously we don't know the future. CP3 is going to end up being. Uh, when did he get in the league? What was his draft year? Uh, I feel like he's getting long in the tooth, but maybe not necessarily. Was he 05? I want to say 05 because he's actually the same graduating class as LeBron, but obviously went to Wake Forest two years, I want to say. Okay, so. well, yeah, then he'd be 05. So he's getting longer in the tooth, and, and hamstring injuries are nothing to – I mean, it's you could tell the look on his face. I thought that he was out immediately. And the fact that they said, well, they're going to wait and see for six and seven, I was surprised at that because right. I figured, yeah, there's no way with a hamstring injury. But right. yeah, I would have a hard time, but I would have an even harder time letting him go. I can't yeah. imagine if you do let him go, and especially for nothing. I don't know if he has a no-trade cl- uh, clause in his contract, but if you let him go for nothing, you've ruined the era where James Harden's in his prime. And James Harden should take a – I don't know if you feel like he underperformed in this series. He shot 29% from threes. He shot 30 more threes than the next person in the playoffs. Uh, which isn't necessarily a surprise. He also led the league in attempts this season in threes, but he obviously shot better than 30% uh, for the season. Um, Ten threes a game is basically what he's been averaging uh, through these playoffs, but is I – mean, what did he have last night? 32 points? Uh, it just took 29 shots to get there. And so I don't know if we look at Harden or – if we can compare, I hate the LeBron comparison because LeBron does some things to where other players can't. And then if you if you compare them on the same level, everyone looks worse. So maybe you can't do it that way. But I feel like Harden didn't have the series that he needed to to necessarily get them to the win. Right. I I agree. I think um, I I I think Harden is an A lister. I think he's a leading man. Um, so you win a championship in Houston and he's your best player. You think so? Or, or are you just worried about the Warriors? And so you can't definitively say that (laughs) (laughs) I guess those are the two options. Right. Right. Uh, man, this is so, this is so interesting, right? Because I don't, I think you could win a championship with him being your best player. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. So, I'll put it this way. I think it's more possible for that than say someone like a Russell Westbrook, who I love. Yeah, but I agree. I still think it's, I think it's more possible with Harden because I do think he is actually a bit more of a facilitator uh, than, than Russ uh, tends to be um, compared. Well, he's more efficient than Russ too. Uh, yeah. f- shoots better from the free throw line too. Uh, I believe that's right anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, so I agree with you. But at the same time, like you say, if, if for instance, you know, LeBron, just for the sake of argument, LeBron ends up in Houston then obviously LeBron's the best player, and then Harden. You know, it's like it's like having an eighth right, right. rotation, right? Like right. you get LeBron, and then if Harden's your guy going number day two, then you're in pretty good shape, right? And if Chris Paul's going in your day three starter, then you're in even better shape, right? Right, um, right. And it's and that's and that's funny too. Like I I know people say, well, Houston makes sense, particularly what's going to happen. Houston makes sense for LeBron and free agency, um, but. I don't know necessarily because I think Houston's style of play is not necessarily how LeBron plays. Yeah, LeBron's not going to s- start shooting seven threes a game. I mean, you need three-point shooters in Houston. You don't all of a sudden tailor your offense to fit LeBron if it's going to be at the detriment to everybody else. And I think, uh, and, and and conversely, you know, with Harden and Paul, they can't stand there and shoot either. They need the ball to create and do things. Um, uh, right get the offense going. I think a, a more interesting piece, and I don't know how the heck they would do this necessarily. Maury would know better than you or I, but I think a Paul George is a better fit on the Rockets than LeBron. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, it, and it's because he's a, a three-point shooter. You, you got to have a player that is a, 
wing player because you need him for defense on the Warriors, but you also need him for his three-point ability. That's why Ariza fits, and I describe Ariza as obviously you have a couple tiers. There's your superstar, obviously, which are a handful of people. Then you have the stars. Then you have that kind of middle ground between star and role player, where I feel like Ariza's in the middle of that. I don't know what name to give that type player. He's not quite a star, but not he's better than a role player. But that's why he fits so well. Um, right. I forget he's been in the league for so long. I mean, he won a championship in 09 with the Lakers, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, almost 10 years ago. Uh, that's why he fits. So, yeah, Paul George makes sense. Um, and then maybe you get a reason to come off the bench and it just bolsters your bench better. Yeah, I was wondering that. Like, you slide him over and he essentially becomes your, your Iguodala, right? What's weird, though, is that if LeBron's outright the best player, we can name a lot of teams where he doesn't necessarily make sense. And that's weird, right? He didn't. Yeah. It's weird in Philly. It's weird in Houston. I mean, I don't know where he goes. Because you're not, it's interesting because I, and I think we talked about this last week, you know, with, with, when Kevin Durant was heavy in the ISO ball where we were saying he didn't really join the Warriors. He just upgraded his Oklahoma city right. roster. Right. And I think that would be a similar thing with LeBron. I don't think he'd go to learn D'Antoni's system. Like LeBron James at this point, I always say he's goodwill hunting in terms of, or he's will hunting in terms of basketball savantness, right? Like right. he knows, he knows more than the coach. The coach isn't going to tell me anything he doesn't know. Um, so he's not going anywhere at this point in his career to learn someone's system, right? Yeah, which is why if he goes to San Antonio, everyone's like, well, if LeBron has finally a good coach, I'm like, it would be to the detriment of LeBron yeah. necessarily. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily help him. I don't know how. So, so then are we saying Houston's out as a free agency um, destination for LeBron? Well, he says that he, he puts family first and then after that he puts winning. Um, And if you go by that, we don't know what his family feels, but as far as winning goes, LeBron goes to any team and they have a chance, especially if it's any team in the Eastern conference, even if you take one of the worst teams in the Eastern conference, LeBron's going to get them to the playoffs most likely in the East. But as far as teams that have a chance to winning, there's, what, three teams? It's uh, Boston. Maybe you put Philly as the outlier there, but it's then Houston and the Warriors. And then whatever San Antonio ends up doing, you know, who knows? They could look completely different in two seasons. But So if that's the case, Houston's still a possibility. But I just don't know if the family thing matches up for them. Well, I mean – Beyonce's in Houston too. So, yeah. well, and they're also going to no state tax, which would be <laughs> most key to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, like a good. I don't like know, man. I, I, the, the taxes, man, get the government off your back, right? Like, a, <laughs> right. Good West yeah, tax. if you can get them off your back, do it. <laughs> um, I I wonder though, did you? And I thought about this a little bit, and I kind of tried to talk about it last week, and maybe inartfully so. But um, this idea that. Uh, and I'll make a movie reference here. The movie 300, uh, obviously, Leonidas and his, and his men, we know how their fate ends. And spoiler alert, uh, or read a history book. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they find out at the end, and I forget the Xerxes, you know, we find out that the God King can bleed, right? Right. Um, with the Houston Rockets, they went toe-to-toe with a pretty healthy Warriors team. Obviously, we've talked about uh, Iggy's impact on the squad. But, I mean, no one was out with a knee injury or no one was out, you know, with a right. broken ankle. And they went toe-to-toe with this team, and they showed, I think, that the God King can bleed. So does someone like LeBron say, look, I don't have to make, you know, the dream team, 92. Just give me give me two stars, give me some shooters, uh, and I'm actually okay. So I think after this series and what they were able to show, what the Rocks were able to show against the Warriors um, – something like the Lakers looks uh, viable again. And maybe going back to that piece I alluded to last week, you know, you sign and trade for LeBron, you get Paul George with cap space, get one more star with the cap space. Um, and I think you're off and running. What do you think about that in terms of maybe this is the, it's not so insurmountable to beat the Warriors. Maybe you don't need an all-time team necessarily. Well, he's in, he's in an interesting position where I don't think he's been before, where the rest of the East, at least, at least one other team is caught up uh, in Boston to where um, we we feel pretty confident if Kyrie and Gordon Hayward were playing that maybe the other rookies and second year players might not have developed in the way they did this season. But there's no denying that Jason Tatum is good, uh, that sure. Rozier is good. Uh, yeah. So 
I think he LeBron's in an interesting position where he knows that if he comes back to the Cavs, it's not a guarantee that he gets to the finals anymore. Uh, so maybe it is the first time where he does look towards the West and he notices that predominantly all the best players are in the West. I mean, um, so it, the Lakers thing does look more viable to me. Everyone brings up that he has a house in LA and that's been talked about at nauseum, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. Um, but purely from the standpoint of, I think that that Cleveland is now vulnerable and he can no longer just hang on his hat on, well, I'm going to stay here for another year. And maybe he does stay there for another year, but it's not a guarantee anymore like it's been in the past. I think – so that's interesting because I think that is – oh, man. I, 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 And this is us, I think, selfishly as basketball fans, at least me anyway, what you just said. It's interesting the whole – if LeBron just opts, hey, I'll just go to the, I'll go to the finals again via Cleveland. I think fans will not necessarily sour on that, but sort of take it as what the hell are you doing? Like I, right. I'm under the opinion he should have left after 2014 or 2015, um, or shoot 2016. I'll get this right eventually when they won the championship <laughs> in Cleveland. Uh, I think he should have said thanks for the memories. I did what I said I was going to do. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, and, and, yeah, and after the repeat, after he had the chance to repeat, I think he should have left. Also, he shouldn't have got that two year re up. I agree. Yeah. And and so I, I think it's interesting. I wonder what fans will will think about this drama if it comes up again where he's he re-ups for Cleveland next year and they say, well, you know, at some point he'll be really old and we won't care. Right. He'll be 35. Well, right. we don't know where LeBron goes um, in the offseason. But you, you alluded to the Boston Celtics and talk about a future being bright. And it was sort of serendipitous this year that. Um, the the silver lining of this season for the Celtics was that Gordon Haywood was out and that Kyrie Irving went out. Right. You saw Terry Rozier, you saw the emergence of Tatum, you saw the emergence of Jalen Brown. That team, I mean, you talk about things getting interesting. That team, I think, has the cap space, has the picks, has the players on the roster. I think, I think Tatum's untouchable if I'm the Celtics. Um, LeBron calls Ainge and says, I'd like to come to Boston, but it's probably going to take Hayward and Tatum. You're going to say no? we got to get rid of Kyrie, though, because it's not going to – Well, that'd be uh, yeah, That's right. He's not going to play with LeBron. <laughs> it would be great if LeBron's like trade Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more Kyrie thing. Um, I, I mean, do I – you know what? I mean, Ainge? Boston can go get any player in the league. They look, Just for the scenario you just said, they've got picks, they've got players they can trade, they've got cap space. So what makes Boston fun, though so, – so, yes, to answer your original question, on the one hand, Danny Ainge has famously said, you know, hey, I would have traded all our guys in, like, 87. We were too old in the Celtics. I would have right. traded McHale. We right. hung along to that, that era. And a little different when you're trying to win a championship, I think, and you keep running, running your head against the wall, that is LeBron James. So I wonder right. – what his thought is on that now, but maybe you don't go for LeBron. Maybe he's maybe too old to mortgage, but maybe you go to San Antonio and say, look, you need to rebuild with Kawhi. We'll let you rebuild around Jalen Brown and some picks and some other goodies. Or we go that, to- that won't, that won't do it. It, it. To me, to me, the Spurs would say, obviously their, their number one pick would be Tatum. You would say Tatum and a pick. I would do and- that. I would, I would, I would do any any of those rookies slash second year, third year players, uh, Rozier, Brown, or Tatum. Any of them are on the table if I can get Kawhi, and I don't I, care how many picks it takes to also I offset that. Them. But, but salaries aren't going to match, so you'd have to do something. Unless they could just take on that salary, I don't know. Right. I, so someone like Kawhi or Anthony Davis, um, yeah, I would do that. Right. Right. Um, Especially because you got Hayward on the roster. If you didn't have him, I'd be a little more leery with uh, getting rid of Tatum because if your idea was Tatum and Kyrie moving forward, but I mean, uh, is Tatum going to start over Hayward? I don't, I don't think so. And they're going to have to move one of them so to what, a two or a four. Or, I mean, sure. So then what is your outlook on the Boston Celtics for the future? We kind of talked around it a little bit, but what do you think they look like as a team going forward? Well, they're going to have to also hit the, we got to start paying people mode here in a couple years. Uh, They're in the Seahawks model right now where you have cheap players and you're getting a lot out of them. Um, I was sort of thinking the other day, you know, 
we saw the look of, I think it was Durant, Harden, and Westbrook. They were sort of arm-in-arm arm as they were watching Miami right off in the sunset, winning game five of the finals. And everybody looked at them, and it was like, wow, this team is going to be a threat in the West for the next 10 years. And yeah. it didn't end up that way. And so I kind of wondered between Boston and Houston, which of those teams has a bright future moving forward, and which one, if either one of them, is going to end up more like that OKC team in in 2013 where it just kind of fell apart and i more see boston being like the at okc team because we don't know how anybody's going to react once Kyrie and hayward reintegrate themselves uh it's one thing with everyone playing with Kyrie. so uh tatum got you know his feet wet by playing with a player like Kyrie, but they had one game with hayward and so that's a completely different um scenario now where you have two pretty ball dominant people that can score um, kind of messing with your young talent. And I don't know how they do that. They're certainly not going to bring in Hayward all of a sudden reserve Tatum to the bench because Tatum after having this season, I'm sure has the mindset of 20 million a year in his first new contract. I, I saw Marcus smart come out and say he's worth more than 14 million a year. And if that's his mindset, then I can't imagine what Brown's mindset is or Rozier or especially Tatum. So you're going to have to end up paying people, and I see them sort of breaking up. Um, maybe they can leverage something. Ainge is a pretty good GM. I mean, he can uh, leverage something and get a trade to happen, but I think that's their best bet. They have all the assets right now to go get another superstar, and I would I would choose that route. I tend to agree with you, my friend. I think that's the way to go. Um, you know, I think you take the the bird in the hand versus the two in the bush, and any of those top flight um, disgruntled superstars that may be on the on the um, you know reportedly disgruntled. Who knows? Anthony Davis actually seems fairly content in New Orleans, but uh, yeah. But if you were if you were if, let's say you're Ainge and you and you go to any team and you say uh, I, I'd like to pair uh, Tatum and Rozier. Who would you give me for him? Every single team in the league would want them. Oh, sure. So he's got such an upper hand. I think that's right. Um, Now, you know, we kind of talked about it at the top and we're circling around. uh, And and I think our lack of conversation on this issue is sort of indicative of what we view this finals to be. Um, Like we said, this is part four for Golden State and Cleveland. Chris, do you have any storylines, any interest at all in seeing how this thing turns out, or are you just trying to fast forward to July 1? Yeah, I mean, it's literally just a waiting game. To, <laughs> I mean, I, I, sort of, I started to think, you know, we gave at least rational NBA fans, ones that don't hate LeBron, uh, we're giving LeBron such you know, kudos in 20, was that 14, when Kyrie got hurt in the finals yep. and Kevin Love was hurt in the first round. Ah, 2015. Yeah. Was, it, was it 15? Yeah. When did it, when they won the championship in 16. 16? Okay. Um, so 2014. Right. Okay. He. That's right. Um, so LeBron got a lot of kudos from obviously LeBron fans and regular basketball fans from getting a Della Vadova team to six wins uh, against that powerhouse team. Um, if LeBron wins this series, he is the best player of all time. There will be no more discussing. Right. Um, if he gets it to six games, I mean, what he's going to have to do to drag everybody, there is no scenario where LeBron has a 15-point game and they win. I mean, I, I remember last year when they first added Durant uh, and Cleveland barely won one of the games. They had to score 82 points in the first half to win <laughs> that game. They, they had 17 threes in the first half. And they it's not like they won by 30. Right. So – now we're expecting a worse Cleveland team to stroll in there with a quote-unquote maybe a better Warriors team just because they played with each other now. Um, if Iguodala's hurt, that gives LeBron a little bit of a break, but he has a hard time scoring against Durant. And you can't just put LeBron on Durant the whole game either. You're going to wear LeBron out. Uh, so who do you put on? Are you going to put Jeff Green on Durant the whole game? I mean, their roster is so bad, even though they've got some quote-unquote big names. Sure. Um, if LeBron gets him to six games, man, I, I just he just will continue to close that gap on Jordan. Even though I think that he's a he's a better basketball player than Michael Jordan is. He just will never get to the accolades that Jordan has. Um, 
so if he wins any games, it's going to be a credit to, to LeBron. But other than that, yeah, it was July 1st for me. Okay. Wow, man. Um, yeah, I think uh, LeBron is missing a finals MVP because in 2015, um, he was the best player on both teams and they gave it to Iggy for holding him air quotes to like 35, 15 and nine for this series. Uh, well, I think, yeah, it was two. It was, it was the year they won after the three, one comeback. And then the year after that, um, or I'm sorry, the, the year before it and right. then the year that they won where he led both teams in every stat. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I mean, I don't know what Jerry West did to lose the finals and win finals <laughs> MVP as the only player that's ever done that. But right. guarantee he didn't do it, LeBron. <laughs> I'm I'm certain of it. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean I'm I'm curious because it's kind of like um, gosh, it's like watching. I was gonna say David Blaine, but that is game. it a car wreck? Like you just want to go see how <laughs> bad it can be? I don't know if it's a wreck necessarily. It's more like a you know, it's sort of like for my next trick, right? And LeBron's like, I'm yeah. going to. You know, get out of these chains under in this underwater tank, and it's like I could get out or I could drown. And it's like, oh man, <laughs> if you do this, you were you were awesome. Right, but, right. Yeah, I could see that. And it could and it could go. I mean, the predictable way. I think we I think we think it. So, worst case scenario is doors just get blown off. Like I'm talking, um, you know, Nick Young is getting heavy minutes because <laughs> over in the first quarter, right? I think what most people suspect is. Cavs will come out strong. Warriors will turn it on, particularly in the third quarter. Um, a relatively tight first half will uh, open its way up into a 20-point, 15-point game. Um, you might get some fight out of Cleveland in game three, maybe even still one, which is weird to say still one in your own home court, but still one. But it's uh, I think most people are thinking gentleman sweep. I think a lot of folks are thinking MVP votes for LeBron if they make it to six. But is there something – could it – is there anything in the universe? Could it be, you know, LeBron is LeBron. He's actually getting some rest right now. I saw someone on Twitter said if he's at practice, if I'm LeBron, I'm just sitting at practice in a wheelchair just pointing out stuff, not even <laughs> practicing, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> not expending any energy. And could Kevin Wall come and do his thing? Could Kyle Korver get hot? Could J.R. Smith get hot? Well, well, that's that's the question because we know what LeBron's going to do. Sure, he's going to score over thirty every game. He's going to have double-digit assists and double-digit rebounds. I mean, uh, it, it's the question if if we can get a game or two where both Corver and Love hit five threes each, maybe Jr. hits four threes that game. I mean, it's going to take over fifteen threes every single game for them to even be in it. Uh, and that's before you get down to the end of games where Cleveland can't shoot free throws and Golden State can't. I mean, it was an anomaly last game where Golden State against Houston, game seven, they went seven for 14 from the line. That's an anomaly game. They're usually 13 for 14. Uh, so there's there's every avenue where uh, it can be done, but it, the, the question isn't on how well LeBron has to play because we know what he's going to do. It's right. just uh, J.R. Smith averaged five points last series. I mean, what is that? <laughs> right. I uh, And that was actually what's ironic about that, that to me anyway. That was a pretty good Cavs team last year. Like, it was actually a really good team. Right, they were. Than... And, 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 yeah, they're way better than this year's team. And they got, I mean, murdered. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even – like it was not even close. And now there were some right. close-ish games. But like I said, they needed 82 first-half points to win the game they won. And I don't see this Cavs team doing that. See, it's weird though. Like I, gosh, because I think okay, I think Trevor Reza is I mean, clearly, but uh, I think he's, if you say on on balance, I think Trevor Reza is better at basketball than Jeff Green. But yes, I think, I'll agree with that. I think Jeff Green's more talented, right? I think he brings he's younger, right. more physical tools, yep. and I feel like okay, if Trevor Reza, I, I think the Rockets and there's a personnel gap, obviously, but I think the Rockets gave the Cavaliers somewhat of a blueprint. And I think they asked LeBron maybe about switching everything. And I don't, I don't, I think, I think they sort of pushed back on that just because the Cavs don't necessarily play that way. And, and again, go back to the, the with who brung you. Um, but I feel like there's some things that the Rockets did. Cause if you match up besides LeBron, Chris Paul and James Harden, I think, 
on the supporting cast side, it's kind of a wash. I mean, I think like I could argue you go man by man and you name me somebody on the Rockets and I can give you their equivalent on the Cavs. Right? Well, uh, well, I, I think one key scenario here is that, you know, two of the games where, as I, uh, I think I mentioned to you earlier, uh, the Rockets were held under 100 points uh, for the last five games of the series. But two of those games, they also held the Warriors under 100 points, and they won those two games. The Rockets' very undervalued defense is the absolute difference between them and the Cavs, is the Rockets took a top-five defense into the playoffs. Uh, now, most of that is because they score the ball the way they do, so teams are forced to have to try to score with them. So there's some defensive metrics that aren't necessarily correct, but Cleveland, by all metrics, is horrible on defense. <laughs> and I think some of those games where where we saw Tucker get up into uh, Durant or CP3 even get into Durant, Cleveland didn't have a player to do that uh, in the same manner. Who Who is Cleveland's workhorse player? Is it is it Tristan Kardashian? I think it's is, is, is Are we going to have him out on the island where he doesn't move as well as Tucker? He certainly doesn't shoot threes like Tucker to where you can get sort of that give and take game. I, I can see where you think the name for name, maybe you can go back and forth, but the, the defensive ability between the two teams, I mean, LeBron's even not as good on defense now. That's where I think they're going to struggle. I don't, I don't see Cleveland necessarily, you know, just scoring 80 points and losing by 50. I see them scoring in the hundreds and just losing by 30. I just don't think they're going to be able to stop anybody. He, they let Indiana blow them out some games. That's horrific. Uh, you let Boston score that many points without their best two players. That's that sucks. Is it possible? Could I say so? Excuse me, name for name, right? You you could be. That's probably fair. I would argue or would posit that. You know, on the other side of the ball, I would bet any amount of money that there's no way a team with uh, Kevin Love, Kyle Korver, and J.R. Smith go one for twenty-seven from three-point line. Yeah, like, I could see that. But, um, you know, I wonder, man, like the defense is – is there anything to the – do you think there's anything to the idea that maybe they're battle-tested now? Maybe this team is finally finally starting to gel. Maybe they find their stride. They've been in two seven-game series so far in the playoffs. They, well, so they played poorly in Indiana. They yes. hit their stride against Toronto. They played I mean, better. That was more just like LeBron sunning the whole – Right. I mean, that's why you can't even really count it. And then they have struggles against, I mean, first-year players. and An undermanned but very good Boston team. I mean, Al, Al Horford looked how Roy Hibbert used to look against the Heat teams. I mean, he looked like a Hall of Famer. Right. right. Uh, and and because of that, I, the, the defensive scenario, you just – I don't like I said, I don't worry about the Cavs scoring. It's just I don't know how they're going to stop them. And uh, while the those three collection of names you mentioned with Love and Corver and Smith, I don't. Yeah, maybe they don't go one for 27 for three. But I also know that they're not going to hold Golden State to one for 27 for three. Who's so the if it, oh, sorry. Who's the starter for um, Golden State? Is it Looney? Is that who they're being rolling out there? Uh, yeah, I think Looney started last game. Okay, so who does LeBron check in uh, Draymond or Looney? I'd say. Well, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's, <laughs> it's obviously not going to be Durant starting out. Um, a lot of it. Yeah, I don't know who they put LeBron on. Uh, I said you go small. Kevin Love on Looney, maybe LeBron on Draymond, Jeff Green on Durant. Uh, right. Yeah, Jeff Green on Durant. They are in Vert Hill. Or no, sorry. Ooh, I was going to say uh, I had half a mind to start Kyle Korver on Clay, but yeah, I, see that that's where the that's where the issue leaves is you're going to roll these three point shooters out, but they they're going to get on an island with either Steph or Clay. Right. And uh, Clay shot fifty percent from three last series. But we've seen, but Kevin Love's not afraid of the island with Steph Curry. We've seen that. We saw that. <laughs> yes, for one play. We did see that. <laughs> oh, man. So then, so you're saying Warriors in how many games then? Uh, it, 
if Iguodala doesn't play the entire series, then it's Warriors in five. Uh, if Iguodala does play at 50%, uh, it's going to be a Warriors sweep. If Warriors in six, is LeBron, is LeBron the greatest player ever? Uh, it depends on what those games look like. If it's LeBron scoring, if LeBron has a Michael Jordan Phoenix NBA Finals where he scores over 40, uh, then, like I said, he's already better than Jordan as a basketball player. Nobody's going to put him in the realm of Jordan when it comes to accolades. So to me, he's already better than Jordan as just a pure, flat-out basketball player. Right. Um, if he wins, it's his fourth ring, you will still have people say, Jordan had six, and you will never be able to argue with those people. Right. Um, Kobe had five. You'll never be able to argue with those people, as wrong as they are. So yeah. I don't know any scenario where everyone will say it or admit that he's better than Jordan. But yeah, certainly if he wins a series, holy shit. If he gets them to seven games, holy shit. If he gets them to six games, it's going to depend on how LeBron's stat line looks. But, you know, four games or five games, then it is what it is. And on paper, it's just one of the bigger mismatches ever. But I do sort of, you know, pause whenever everyone said this, you know, that win over Boston was one of LeBron's greatest feats. I mean, we, it was just a couple of years ago that he came back from 3-1 against a 73-win team. Right. So, uh, and and that 2017 that he took to the finals was worse than this team. Oh no, no way! I would take that 2017 this team by far. Well, who's that? Well, well who? Well, who is the next best player in that? Is it Larry Hughes? Because Kevin, one of us, still better than Larry Hughes. I mean, okay, I'm going to look this roster up right now. No, sir, we will. I will not go for that 2007 Cavs slander. That that is one of that. You could only argue Iverson's 01 team against that 07 Cavs team. I would take that 01 team over this team. <laughs> I would definitely. You would take the 01 Sixers as a better team than this Cavs team? Yes, 100%. Uh, Aaron McKee was the next best player. Okay, let me see. Uh, Cavaliers. We got Shannon Brown, Booby Gibson, Drew Gooden. I would take Drew Gooden in this series in a heartbeat. Not that Drew Gooden. I'm taking the Drew. I'm taking the Drew Gooden that was on the 2007 Caps. What, what what was his line that season? And go look at Kevin Love's line. Oh well, okay, but he's you know okay. Let me go through the roster first. Zildrunas Ilgauskas. Okay. Uh, Damon Jones. All right. My man Danielle Marshall. All right. Ira Newbel. Okay. Scott Pollard. I'm ready. Uh. Is Alexander Pavlovich, is that Sasha? Yeah, that's Sasha. Okay. Anderson Verzal. Yep. And David Wesley. I would take that squad. Let's go player statistics. Over this Cavs team? Jeff Green is better than everybody on that roster. That is not, no. This is, no. We'll just have to agree to disagree. You can't say, you can't say you take Trevor Ariza over Jeff Green because Trevor Ariza is better than everybody on that roster. But okay. Jeff Green, who has more talent than Trevor Ariza, has to also be better than everybody on that roster. I mean, minus LeBron, obviously. So Drew Gooden was good for, let's see, he played about 20 minutes a game. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's nothing. Look, man, I'm just telling you that, that he was a 12-10 guy, 12-8. Well, you may take – on top of that, that's a young LeBron. LeBron now is better than that LeBron. Well, of course. I think people... Well, yeah, are... so that's why this team has got to be better than the 17. Uh, but you could argue, like, they're playing this, uh, you know, they're playing that Spurs team um, versus... Like, and that the... was the Tony Parker Finals MVP. Yep. And Josh it was a sweep. That's Bain the Bain only Bain. time LeBron's been swept, mind you. Fabrizio Alberto, Robert Ori. Yep. A new Michael Finley, Britt Barry. That was a good Spurs team, man. That, that was young Ginobili, young Parker, prime Parker. Uh, I don't – I think – was Kawhi on that team? I don't think so. No, no, no. He was uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the – yeah, that's right. Next championship team. I would take that team, man. Um, 
That, uh, so you, you would rather have that 07 team roll in to play these Warriors? <laughs> yes. No you just told me All that right, so this, sort of the bus breaking down for the Warriors. You just said, like, not only will this game go past, like, or the series go past five games, like, you will be astonished on many levels if it does. Like, But, but this Cavs team would beat that 07 Cavs team in two games. No, they would win four games in two games. God, no, no, that this is a good. It's, this a, is it's, a, good. A, it's a better LeBron number one. So you wipe out 07 LeBron, who had no jump shot at that point. So you don't think that smart LeBron would be able to guard young LeBron? I think well, he would. I'll stay off the. I'll stay off that because that's a that's a hard one to quantify. All right, so so erase that part. Also, the league in 07 was different. So they had never seen a player like Kevin Love at six ten shooting threes. Your, your typical power forward is still like good. Seven was like, <laughs> like olden times. Like it was still <laughs> kind of though. Eleven years ago, it's like it was a long time ago. Like you had maybe Dirk at that time. Oh seven is when Durant hadn't even been drafted yet. He was drafted in what? Oh seven, oh eight. Yep, I think that's. So right. you didn't even have the power forward step out anymore. You had Brad Miller dominating the scene for power forward centers in the East back then. Brad Miller. A little note here, as of 2017, this is the most recent finals to end in a sweep. <laughs> so a little bit of history there for that. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I, I still, I mean, I like this team, man. I will have to I'll have to think about this a little more. Was that the team that then where LeBron had 25 straight against Detroit? Was that their breakthrough? That is, yeah. Okay, let's do it this way then. Uh, point guard. Who would you rather have, George Hill, or who's running point? Eric Snow. Larry Hughes. Larry Hughes. Eric, Eric Snow. And Larry, I think Larry Hughes started. Okay, we'll um, say Larry Hughes. That's an Ariza Green scenario. Larry Hughes is more talented, but uh, George Hill is. Did George Hill win a championship with San Antonio? No, I think he got traded for Kawhi right before they. No, oh, that's right. Okay. We're after a championship. Um, George Hill's steady. He had a good game of seven against Boston, but maybe I'd slide towards Larry Hughes. Right, because you'd need Larry Hughes' 20 points at least. Um, well, Iron Newell, I think, was a shooting guard. So I'm taking J.R. Smith over him. Over Iron or, Sa- or, or was it Sasha was the starting shooting guard? Might have been Sasha. Okay, I'm still taking J.R. over Sasha. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. LeBron's the wash. Uh, yeah, LeBron's wash. Uh, four, I'm taking love over Gooden, and I don't, I don't know how necessarily I treat. You take love over Daniel Marshall. Do you take love over Daniel Marshall? Oh, for sure. I don't know what season it was where Marshall hit 12 threes, but it certainly wasn't those seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that was, but it wasn't this team. <laughs> certainly uh, wasn't those seven. Got Booby Gibson coming off the bench. That's a bad. That's a bad team. I mean. Uh, I'm taking Are this. Taking those 07 Cavs to beat the 01 Sixers? No, I don't think so. Oh, no. Yeah, I think, yeah. Of those three teams we're talking about, the current roster, 07 Cavs and the 2001 Sixers. Well, let's take, let's take this roster away. Just, just Iverson Sixers and the 07 Cavs, both those finals teams. Who's beating who? So we can rank who's the worst out of those two. Who's better? It really was just Iverson. Oh yeah, I'm taking. You're taking the 07 Cavs. Oh, for sure. It's like Iverson, Mo, and then and with the with the 01 Sixers. You don't you think the 01 Sixers would beat this year's Cavs, or you think this year's Cavs would beat them also? This year's Cavs might get the 01 Sixers. 01 Sixers might be the worst ever. Okay, so then that would be the worst ever. Okay, I can agree with that, but. That, Based on the facts that LeBron got swept, and based on the facts that arguably Drew Gooden is your second best player, and that wasn't prime Drew Gooden, um, I, I, I would have to say this team has got to be better than that team. Uh, I Do you think, think that this Boston team would beat that Detroit team? Oh, God. get it that way. No. Not at all. Interesting. All right. no, not at all. Um, they would have went through uh, those early Gilbert Arenas Wizards teams, <laughs> right? Right. But that those Wizards teams are better than Indiana, maybe not Toronto. I don't yeah. know. We'll just have to disagree then. 
<laughs> we'll have to leave Shadow it there. Seventeen was so terrible. <laughs> oh but, man! But similar situations. No one gave them a chance in 07. It was a sweep, and people are <laughs> predicting a sweep this year. So I think LeBron gets two. I think we're going to see something magical. This wow! Year. Are we that. talking fifty-point games, or are we talking a spread out? LeBron has seventeen assists. J.R. Smith has twenty-two. Love throws in a thirty-pointer. I think he's going to. I think he's going to put his head down when he needs to. But I think he's going to spread it out and really trust these guys and let them. You know, uh, I I think the Cavs. I'll do you one better. You know what? I'll do you one better. Right. The Cavs get game one. Who in Oracle? Yep. Is that because they get an extra day of rest? <laughs> just a gut feeling? <laughs> there no, no stats here, man. This is all just gut, okay. feeling. gut feeling. All right. Uh, uh, if, they, if they do, then uh, the maybe team. they do. It. If Iguodala doesn't play game one, maybe the Cavs do steal it and they get to that fifth game like they thought. Right, right. But I, but I certainly would think that they – they do what they what you said. The uh, Warriors kind of start out the third quarter, and that's when they pull away from a kind of a, a close game in the first half. That's how I kind of see it too. Uh, yeah, well, I'm like you. I would love for that to be, you know, I, I, to what you were saying earlier. I think six rings. I think the only the only path to it is. Um, Realistic. I mean, this I, I say realistically, but I don't even think it's realistic. The only path to me for six rings for LeBron is somehow, some way, winning this year and then going somewhere else and getting two more somewhere else. So um, you don't. I still think it's. I still think it's doable if he loses this year and has a three and six finals record, mm-hmm. and then goes and wins. Let's say he goes to Houston and wins three championships over the next five seasons, six seasons. Let's just say that puts LeBron at year twenty twenty one. He's not the best player anymore on the team, but Harden's in his prime. I don't know what they do with CP3. And then he has a 6-6 six and six finals record. And I don't see how anybody can say, other than the Joe Montana stands out there that hold the zero in the loss column so perfect, but Brady is better than Montana, and he should get credit for going to more, fi- going to more Super Bowls. That's right. the same thing for LeBron, in my opinion. If you, right. if you go to 12 finals in 20 years, he, he's already going – Half his career has been in finals now, uh, and you win six, and you have him lose six. Fine, Magic lost four, but won five. So he went to nine finals. Kareem went to ten finals. Right, won six, lost four. So I, I think I can see that scenario. Um, you know, once once LeBron gets up into the seven or eight or nine finals losses, then okay. But you know, as far as catching Jordan, it's going to have to be a six and six scenario. But certainly, if he wins this finals, then I mean, yeah, he's got an awesome path. No, right. Well, if he wins this final, front of the line, I think that's. I mean, what's it going to take for the Kobe comparisons? Or did Kobe feels like that? That I saw, I saw on Twitter where Kobe kind of put his shot in there, right? Uh, where he wanted everyone to remember that he had five rings. <laughs> what's it going to take for Kobe to? I don't know. Stop. Oh, Maybe God. everyone stops bringing his name up. Death. Death is a really yeah, little... but even in death, I think they would immortalize him. I was about to say, about to say he's canonized at that point, right? It's uh, yeah, I... it, it's it's weird to me because all the Kobe success happened so early on, and then we got to see prime Kobe where he just kept scoring, and so people right. just kind of, oh, yeah, sure, Shaq was pretty good in those early years, and it's like, no, he was so good, <laughs> right? People forget. I think because it's funny because you get because people get mad, right? Because I think the comparison of errors or whatever. It's LeBron to Shaq in those first three runs, not LeBron to Kobe. I mean, right. Oh, yeah. The comparison is a Shaq. So, for sure. Because it's funny because you were talking about this earlier with sort of the counting, right? Oh, five to three. It's like, well, what about the finals MVPs? Oh, well. <laughs> in that yeah, exactly. Two, yeah. Everyone. Like, aren't we yeah, doing that? I, 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 I can be the idiot fan and just say, well, Kobe only has two rings in because that's how I only count finals MVPs. But that's right. such a finicky thing. Like, Steph Curry has two rings. He has no finals MVPs. So are we going to sit here and say, yep, he's got no rings right. for the Mr. Unanimous? Like, no, no one's going to say that. Right. That is so, so- yeah, I, I just – Kobe feels like the little child that runs in when the grown-ups are arguing. 
But I think Kobe fans are, have left alone Jordan. But it's purely on ring count. Like they just see the simple six to five, and then that's it. And then they see six to th- or five to three, and that's it. Having it's grown up and uh, having been able to see all three of those guys, like Jordan to Kobe to LeBron, I mean, I'm like you. I think, um, yeah, LeBron passed Kobe a long time ago, in my opinion. Yeah, like a long time ago. I think. I think. Like maybe since 06, LeBron's been maybe the best player in the league. I think 07, so. Maybe uh, right. Kobe won an MVP maybe in 07 or 08. 08, I think it was. Yeah, but I mean, that was even debatable. Right. You can go right. look at LeBron's numbers when Nash won his second MVP. That was insane. It's crazy. Right. So, uh, yeah. I, I just get tired of that speculation. Um, I mean, I dive into those arguments because it's hilarious, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> we're, we're it's coming for you, Debo. We're coming for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anybody listened, Debo's a, a friend of ours from back home who's playing professionally overseas and uh, a Weber State alum. Maybe we can get uh, uh, D. Will, Davian Davis on the pod with uh, maybe our, our special guest with a special guest of his own, maybe Damian Lillard, perhaps, if I could say his name, we could invite him. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say the only way D gets on the podcast is if he gets Dane. If he gets Dane. Just see him have pull. Or we and will now, take, I, now I'm going to for sure hope he listens to this episode. <laughs> we will also take uh, a fellow Waver State alum and MC alum, Harold the Show Arsenault, in nice. as a consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, well, that about does it for this episode of the Shuttlesworth Initiative podcast. So glad to be back. So good to uh, get another episode under our belts. Uh, enjoy the NBA Finals. Chris and I will be back next week with another great episode talking basketball, pop culture, and everything in between. Once again, check us out, otgbasketball.com, family of pods, content, everything you need as the hoophead. Uh, for Chris Green, Jay Christian signing off. See you guys next time. Yep. Thanks, guys. See you.